Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my hosts as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts, the medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late-night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Zarin, you know it's ridiculous? Yes, I do. That bananas are a good source of antimatter. They're potassium the, and antimatter? Yeah, that's where you actually get the antimatter is from the potassium. The potassium gives off positrons, and the positrons qualify as antimatter. So when you eat a banana, you're also eating antimatter. That's totally ridiculous. Yeah, I and like that one. I knew that you would like that one because <laughs> I heard it coming out of your mouth. <laughs> I, can, I can tell you another one. Okay, hit me. You ready? Ellen Pompeo telling Denzel Washington, listen, MFR, I run this set. And she was doing her whole bit about him not being a good director on her set she's just you know gray's anatomy that to me was ridiculous <laughs> yeah that is ridiculous antimatter and, and what's her name again ellen pompeo it was like 20 seconds ago and I remember. <laughs> anti-pompeo anti antimatter pompeo okay so that is you've given me two ridiculous things and i totally concur you're welcome no reback no uh no rebates <laughs> no, refunds no, no, refunds, no givebacks so you know what else is ridiculous hit me with it Pulling off an enormous heist and then only getting caught because you couldn't shut up about it. <laughs> Did my family do this? Maybe. This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It is always, always 99% murder-free and always, always, always 100% ridiculous. All right, Zarin, you like Ocean's Eleven movies, right? The series of films, both the originals and the reboot. Ocean Day. Original yeah. and reboot. Yeah, uh, I like, yeah, I like the original Frank Sinatra, Ocean's Eleven. I like the the, the uh, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, and Thirteen. Great. I, I yeah. liked also Ocean's Eight with uh, Rihanna. And, awesome movie. Like, I... You know me. I love criminals. I love crime. I like capers, heists. And it was right up. And it was you so stylish. Rihanna. I love Rihanna. Steven Soderbergh is a hell of a director. Oh, man, yeah. He can make something that is stylish, fluff like that into mm -hmm. something that feels like actually meaningful. You cared about those characters when in most cases, a lot of filmmakers would not have put in the work to make you care about yeah. them. And th thus the films would not have been a hit. He made us care about characters that should have been cardboard cutouts. Well, and speaking of another director, you like Guy Ritchie movies, right? Oh, I love Guy Ritchie. Same thing. He also can take characters and turn the, our interest in his characters into a world that you just want to go. I mean, like Bricktop, come on now. Mm -hmm. Now, 
How do you feel about the movie Cocoon? Oh, my God. Oh, you're just going through my favorites. <laughs> another. See, this is another crime movie, and people don't think about it. They were smuggling aliens. That was an alien smuggling ring run by a bunch of gray it was. hairs. It was. Love it. All right. So now, what if I told you that there was a real-life combo of all three? I need to go pick my you, jaw back up off the floor. How do you feel right now? How how are you feeling right now in your body? <laughs> I'm all excited, like a thrill is running <laughs> through me, like I just stuck my finger in the socket again. Exactly. So what I'm going to lay on you is the story of the Hatton Garden heist. Ooh, I like this. Yeah. Hatton Garden heist. I want you to imagine this. It's 2012. You got four pals Four old-age pensioners gathering in a London pub called The Castle. Mm -hmm. And that's like a traditional pub, but it's got this really lovely roof terrace. It's in the <laughs> angel section of Islington. I've been to Islington. Yeah. Tony neighborhood in London. Yes, that's what I recall. And uh, so there's just, you know, these four older gentlemen sitting down together for pints on a regular basis. Super common sight all over the UK. My kind of guys. Pub culture. Exactly. These guys are different. Ooh. They're even more your kind of guys. How so? They're planning a heist. Oh, my God. They're 110% my kind yeah. of guys. So let me introduce you to them. Lay it on me. First, there's Brian Reeder. Mm -hmm. They call him the governor. Yeah, I love it. This is so Guy Ritchie. <laughs> He's 73 years old at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at that. I'm not laughing at the age. I love the governor. His, and he's 73. He's it's the like governor. Proper. His first arrest was for breaking and entering at the age of 11. Oh wow! Yeah, that's he's a lifetime a lifer. of crime. He did nine years in prison for conspiracy to handle stolen goods after he and another guy helped launder stolen gold bullion and diamonds stolen from a warehouse near Heathrow. Oh, by the airport word. Mm -hmm. okay. So he's got you know credentials. Yeah. He gets out of prison and then he moves into this like rundown mansion in Dartford, Kent. <laughs> is, uh, Dartford, is that one word, Dartford, Kent, or is that no, two it's, words? No, it's Dartford in, in Kent. Oh, Dartford in Kent. In yeah. Stratford upon Avon. Right. And so Dartford is the town. And so he runs a used car dealership out of his <laughs> house. You know, do you know who else was born in Dartford? No, uh, Keith, Liam Gallagher. Keith Richards. What? Yeah, it's sacred Keith. ground. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the governor, he's a bon vivant because mm -hmm. he dresses all flashy. And he's got this dark criminal past, but he's living in like a shabby chic mansion in Kent, <laughs> you know, 20-some miles outside of London. He's just like a fabulous character. I like the governor. Then there's Danny Jones. Danny. Danny's 57 at the time. He's like the spring chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also a lifetime criminal. He specializes in jewelry and other stolen goods. Right. He's a total oddball. Mm, um, comic relief. Well, yeah, because like one of his little quirks is that he went to bed, he went to sleep in his mother's dressing gown and a fez at night. Wait, what? I was still hanging on mother's dressing gown trying to go, what's that picture like? And then all of a sudden you put a fez and on a his fez, head. And I was know, like, ah. He has to find his comfort zone, his safe space. Um, but he didn't really go to bed. Per se, because he slept right on the floor. <laughs> so he put on his mother's dressing gown and a fez to sleep on the floor? Yeah, it's Danny, man. <laughs> oh, I like this Danny. He, uh, he studied crime like a kid cramming for a forgotten bio exam. So like how many bones? 206, yeah. 270. He did research. He read books. He watched movies. He studied golden diamond prices. And then he was also researching, like, which tools are the best for cutting through which material hmm. that happened to be used to make a vault. Hmm. So, yeah, Danny. He's, he's like, all into, like, He's the young, torches. studious one yeah. with a fez on. Then we have Kenny Collins. Kenny. Kenny. Kenny is 72 and at the table in 2012 at the pub, 72 years okay. old. He's another career criminal, uh -huh. yet again. He was like your classic hard man. Oh, London I love hard a British man, hard man. Right? So he goes everywhere with his Staffordshire Bull Terrier. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's not like an American Staffordshire Terrier, like a pit bull. Uh -huh. It's like a cross between an English bulldog and and like an old English terrier. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm kind of imagining, now. more of like a pub dog kind of. Yeah, yeah, but like a little muscle man. Yeah, exactly. Like a, a little square, but yeah. like kind of like a muscle chili chihuahua. Exactly. In, yeah. <laughs> the dog's name is Dempsey. Like the fighter? Yeah, he's like, come on, Dempsey. Oh, my God, I love this. And they, but Kenny is also diabetic. Okay. And he has some memory issues. Don't we all, Kenny? Yeah, such is aging. Does Kenny not have a nickname? Kenny. Oh, never mind. There it is. <laughs> they all, they Kenneth, like, Kenneth. Brian is the governor. Mm -hmm. And then Danny is Danny, because mm -hmm. they love the diminutives. Totally. Danny, Kenny. And that takes us to the, uh, the last in our quartet, Terry Perkins. Mm. Terry. Terry. Terry, Danny. Terry. 
He's 64. Okay. He's another career criminal. I like it. And he's also a one-time prison escapee. Yeah, go on, Terry. So he's been on, he was on the lam at one point for 17 years. Oh, snap. Yeah, no, I'm like, this is for real. It's not like he like slips out and they're like, get back here, and they yank him back in. Yeah, he was like on the lam. Mm-hmm. Now, he and the governor had like done a bunch of jobs together. So oh, that's right. how, you know. Okay, so they were old... like professional acquaintances and it grew to a deeper friendship. <laughs> you could say that they were thick as thieves. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was I'm beautiful. So no, that was incredible. So, there, there are actually some other dudes that they recruited to help out. Yeah, you need to round out your job. Yeah, sure. But, but they're not like our core okay, yeah. group. But there is one important youngster, hmm. 52 years young. Okay. His name is Michael Seed. Practically a boy. Yeah, a lad. But uh, he's known on the streets as Basel. Basel, of course, because British. I'm like, Basil, Basel. Yeah, Basil. It looks like Basil. It's Basel. Mm -hmm. And he's the son of this professor, and he studied physics and electronics at Nottingham University. Hmm. Um, But when he, like, he did 21 months back in 1984 because he sold 10 tabs of acid and some weed to a friend. Was his friend a cop? (sighs) I don't know, a square. Yeah, apparently a snitch. (laughs) And then, like, so what he does, like, since then, like, he's, He's, like, fixing TVs and electronics. And then, you know, I guess just at home for people who are like, my telly's broken. Yeah, he's good with a screwdriver. Yeah. (laughs) And then he gets into the jewelry trade. As one does. Like, what does he do in the jewelry trade? He said he, quote, recycled jewelry. (laughs) Because he was good with his hands. It's like recycled jewelry, huh? Recycled jewelry. I got to remember that euphemism. Reuse, recycle. Um, He didn't have a bank account. He didn't claim benefits. Didn't pay taxes. And in the words of Stephen Stills, he didn't do business that don't make him smile. That's, <laughs> that's a good rule of thumb. That's Basil, right? Okay. So um, all these guys, they're meeting up at the pub in 2012. Mm-hmm. Three years go by. It's a lot of pints, right? If some, for these guys, I'm imagining, yeah. Yeah. Spring 2015 comes along. They think they're ready. They think they're ready. So with this whole three-year period, they're basically... Sp- plotting to do this job or they're just like hanging oh, out pl- palling yeah. around they're plotting like the whole time they're sitting there and they're plotting so they're parked in this pub you imagine like dempsey's at their feet mm-hmm. and there's a fire going mm-hmm. or they're up on the roof deck on a lovely day oh i like you this. know yeah. enjoying a, a pint and or are they like drawing like schematics on bar napkins or like totally okay sure and they had like a i i imagine they <laughs> sure. had like a chalkboard and would plot it out there and like draw flip it over when people come by. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or they would pretend like it was like football, as we say, soccer, like mm. you know, diagrams of moves. <laughs> or, oh yeah, yeah or whatever setups. I don't know what you'd say. Formations. Formations. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So they've got this whole thing. They have their eyes set on a place called Hatton Garden. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get to that. In a, in a while, but let's go back to them plotting. Okay. So you have these four criminal masterminds who've got lifetimes of experience behind them. And Basil, Basil, he's not up in there yet. Like, he, they, they're kind of keeping him outside of it, giving him the information he needs. But he's like their clutch young guy that they're going to use. Okay. But so these guys take everything that they've learned about diamonds, about gold, about breaking into places. Don't forget, the governor had broken into a warehouse outside of Heathrow. Um, so they're taking all this, and they've got their eyes on Hatton Garden. The only thing I don't hear them having is a fence, and you have to be able to get away with your crime. Well, they do. Oh, they have a fence. Yeah, okay. they do. And those are the sort of the associated people. That oh, okay, word. I got you. So let me tell you a little bit about Hatton Garden first. So it's this, this like, seven-story building, 60 tenants. Most of them are jewelers. Um, but the basement is this room that's completely full of safe deposit boxes. Hmm. And in those boxes, gold, uh, jewelry, gems. Why are so, well, I don't think you would know the answer to this. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why so many bankers are all living in the same building or jewelers all living in the same building? Well, is, I think it's like is we it a have community a, thing? I think it's probably akin to like the Diamond District somewhere where they're, you know, they're all in the same location and it's like a little marketplace. I don't know. Huh, okay. But yeah, so interesting. But the safe deposit boxes are the key here. Okay. And that's what these guys are really like focused on mm-hmm. and that's what they're plotting. So I'm going to walk you through how this all plays out, but let's take a quick break first. Okay.
rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. It's almost here. The NYX Anniversary Sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. You just want peace of mind. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. A good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. And it doesn't just protect your home from crime, it also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. That's simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Hey girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we got our four dudes. Mm-hmm. The Govna. Terry, Kenny, and Danny. Yes, and they're all hanging out at the pub, and they've come up with this plan. So we jump forward. It's Thursday, April 2nd, 2015. It also happens to be Holy Week. Hmm. And that means the next day is both Good Friday and it's also the start of Passover. Double it up. Double up. So they're locking everything up in that building, and they're heading out for a long Easter Passover weekend. Okay. Brian Reeder, a.k.a. The Govna. Govna. He's prepping for his own kind of religious holiday at this point. <laughs> he uses his senior free travel pass. What is that? I don't know what that is. It's like a bus pass. Oh, okay. For seniors. I got you. And he gets on a bus from his place out in Kent and goes into London. 
like an hour and a half journey, but you know, it's free. Mm-hmm. Seniors fly free. <laughs> and the governor meets up with Danny, Kenny, Terry, and then this other guy named Carl Wood outside the building. Carl is like a part-time criminal, not a full-time pro like the other guys. Like he's an accountant? Yeah. He's got one foot in, and they're like pulling him in. Oh, okay. He's, yeah. So the governor, Danny, Terry, Kenny, Carl, um, they're all ready to go. They get all dressed up as workers, mm-hmm. hard hats, jumpsuits, reflective vests. Smart. They jump into a white van that Kenny's driving, Kenny Good. the diabetic, <laughs> and they pull up to the side entrance of the building. Okay. Now, they unload all their tools and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, Kenny goes across the street to an office building, and they've secured this location where he's going to be the lookout and keep an eye on the scene, hmm. which is important. Yeah. You know, this you is a to... big, big heist. Oh, you have to have a lookout. Yeah. Yeah. He's taking it a little easy. The reason why he's the lookout and not like down in there is because, you know, he has the sugar. Mm-hmm. Got the sugar diabetes. Got that sugar diabetes. And he's got a touch of dementia. Ooh, this is not sounding like a good lookout. Yeah. And so like the problem is he gets up to the post and then he falls asleep up there. Yeah, that's a terrible lookout. Not a lookout. good lookout. <laughs> not a good lookout. Kenny, Kenny's done hard, like a lot of good work in his criminal career, but this is not it. You, you can keep him back in the pad and have him count everything when they get you'd it. Think, I mean, there's other roles. You'd think he could have just been like the stenographer mm-hmm, yeah. at those things, and you know, just maybe it was their paper man. You know, I guess did all their counterfeiting. So, um, Basil, remember him? Mm-hmm. He's already in the building. Oh. He doesn't meet up with him outside because he's already up in there. He has his own costume on. <laughs> okay. And it's not like a worker man costume. He's wearing a red wig. Like Ronald McDonald or more like Lucille Ball? I don't know. I'm kind of thinking it's like a Chucky wig when I close my eyes and imagine <laughs> Okay, it. straight red hair. Kind and of And a flat cap. Uh-huh. Like, you know, he's singing oh, for classic... ACDC. Okay. And then a jumpsuit. A jumpsuit. Oh, like a work jumpsuit? Yeah. Okay. But like we can also pretend that it's like an Urban Outfitters you know, fashion jumpsuit. Can I pretend it's an evil Knievel jumpsuit yes. with stripes and stars? Yes. Let's Okay, that's our visual image. Hot. Hot. So he's disabled the alarm system, disabled the cameras, but he forgets about two CCTV cameras. Oops. Oops. One's on the fire exit that they've been coming in and out of. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> and the other's on the second floor. <laughs> oh, man. So while he's got this Chucky wig on. <laughs> Their entrances and exits are being filmed the whole time. Yeah, but don't worry, guys. I disabled all the cameras. <laughs> exactly. So the other thing they disable is the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> For a bunch of old men to go up and down stairs. <laughs> well, no. like It's like, I guess they did it because they didn't want people sneaking up on him down. They They accessed... The basement vault by like going through the shaft. The elevator shaft? So they got underneath the car and then dropped, basically? I guess. They huh. all like, it's very Ocean's Eleven. Sounds and like they're it. in like Matt Damon black yeah. jumpsuits. and If Don Cheadle fell asleep. <laughs> so they want to make sure that no one can sneak up on them. They get into the basement and they mm. reach the airlock. You know, like. What kind the, of basement is this? It well, has it's airlocks? Like a, it's got a. Like a spaceship? Yeah. <laughs> And maybe they're, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff in the basement. So they cut the telephone cable and rip out like this GPS antenna. Okay. And then they only, but what they did only partially shut down the security system. <laughs> like it would have worked if it was 1978, but they had not updated exactly, the files. Exactly. They're like, whatever that antenna is for ham radio, yank it down. They're like, no, I think that's important. Nah, take it off. So like the alarm goes off. Okay. Because they like they cut the telephone wire, but like guys, we use fiber optic cable, <laughs> and they're like no one's gonna call this one in. And so like the alarm goes off, head of security shows up. Oh wow! But he doesn't see anything off. Oh like, yeah, the, the four doors forced open. Yeah, and there's nobody like huddled around the front no door. No sign of suspicious. forced entry. So like, when the cops come and they're mm-hmm. like, "What's all this then?" and the head of security is like, "Nah, it's a false alarm." Now one other thing I should mention is that like. The, a couple days before this happened, this is on the 4th, on the 2nd, um, 
there was a gas main break in the street, so it caused all this chaos. Oh, okay. So they have reasonable. Yeah, and it was like good cover for them, and it was totally unrelated. It's not Mm -hmm. like they sent Kenny down there to bang on it with a pipe until it broke, and then like stagger (laughs) out. Um, No, they had nothing to do with it, but it was just like good timing, and so I think that's why the police were just thinking, like, man, these these alarms are going off. Everything. If this was Fast and Furious, Vin Diesel would have him break the pipe. Exactly. He would have chewed right through it (laughs) underground. So everyone goes home and goes to sleep security-wise. But the gang at this point is still getting closer and closer, getting into the vault. Mm -hmm. Um, There's like a foot and a half of concrete between them and all the boxes in the vault. Oh, they're going through the concrete. Yeah, they're not like going through the door. Yeah, they're not trying to also get the door off the hinges, not trying to open the lock. They're not trying to do any of that. They're just trying to get through the wall, essentially. Through the wall. Okay. And a so, foot and a half of concrete. Yeah, and like when you have to do that, mm-hmm. what do you what do you use? Jackhammer? No, it's what you always carry on you. That Hildy DD three fifty circular power drill. Oh yeah, that's my Dremel tip. tool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you wear it tip. in the holster mm-hmm. at all times. Yeah, and I got the carbon to change out and Completely. clean my diamonds. Completely. So that's what they get out, right? Mm-hmm. They two and a half hours later, they've drilled three overlapping circles. Okay, so they're trying to like a in the Venn middle. diagram. Yeah, I'm imagining on the wall. Trying to get what the value of that is. Yeah, and the but the hole was not really well placed. Hmm. Right, shocking. They drilled into the back of this bolted down wall of safe deposit boxes, and that blocked their entry. So they thought they were just like gonna drill these three holes that'll make like a larger kind of clover shape they mm-hmm. can go through, knock through it, and then they're oh, uh, yeah. And so I'm guessing they didn't have blueprints. Maybe Kenny had them. <laughs> he fell asleep reading them. Right? I mean, the thing is, is like, as I'm telling this, it's sounding worse and worse. <laughs> <laughs> Trust saying? me, these guys are these guys are crack criminals. Okay. On crack criminals. <laughs> so, you know, they're like, they hit this bolted down wall and they're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Blimey. Oh, wait a second. Blimey. But wait, we, ha- we brought our hydraulic ram, you guys. Oh. Never mind. Problem solved. Yeah, no big. Boom, boom. So they go to set it up, and the pump on the ram was broken. <laughs> they didn't test their... Okay. No. So they took a break. Uh-huh. Union five, a, guys. Had a cuppa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Union <you> five. <laughs> so I guess this was like... I don't know what day it is. Whatever. On that Friday, mm-hmm. they left the building at like 8 in the morning. So this was overnight. Oh, they're all night. Yeah, they're all there. Yeah, night. they're working at it. And like... They're sweating through their undershirts yeah. and they're just down to like they're topless. If they folded down the jumpsuits so they're wearing like their arms around they have, their like, legs. They like long gray nipple hairs. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I was right there with you till you said long gray they're nipple hairs. They're all wearing Chucky wigs. Now I'm like to picture, uh, never mind. I know. We're getting further and further away from the truth. I need to re- bring us back in. Okay. So Danny woke Kenny up and was like, we got to... The pumps, bro- the the uh, was the we need a new pump because the ram's broken. Okay, so they go off to B and Q and buy a, a new ram mm-hmm. pump. Um, the governor, governor, he's like, all right, so we've been in here overnight and it's all screwed up. And if we go back in, because they left to like figure out, okay, how are we going to do this? Governor's like, you know what? We go back in there, we're caught. I don't want to do that. Why? Okay. Because he's like, we we already successfully got in and out, but we didn't get what we wanted. Mm-hmm. But if we go back in and try and do this again, they're going to catch us. Huh. So he takes off. He gets on the train and he goes home. Okay. That's your team leader. Noped on out of there. Yeah, that's not Fearless for, leader. Yeah. The governor. I'm picturing George Clooney going, I'm taking my senior bus ticket and going totally, home. Totally. Totally. He's like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> so the rest of the gang come back the next day, Saturday. Mm-hmm. It's 10 p.m. You know, they're doing the, the night shift on it. But don't forget, it's this long holiday weekend. Everyone's yeah, checked out. No one's going to be coming through, except for the security team, maybe. Right. Okay. And they already think, well, you know, there's the always fall alarms. Is caught, yeah, uh-huh. So Saturday, April 4th, also Terry's birthday, the big 6-7. <laughs> Terry. Congrats, Terry. They, they try to get back in the building at this point. Mm-hmm. And the door that they've been using is locked. <laughs> like they thought it was just going to be open. They're like, we don't lock it behind you. We're going, we got to run down and get a new pump, but don't lock it behind you. Put a you. rock in it. Put a. Yeah, they put, they put a brick to hold it open. Carl, at this point, Carl Wood, the also, he's like the roadie. He's like, I've had enough. I'm, I'm out of here. He takes off. 
Okay, so you lost. So they're Carl down Wood. to three plus Basil. Okay. That leaves Danny, Kenny, Terry, and Basil, and Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Bell, Biff, Urging Bell. you to cool it down. <laughs> Basil's able to get them in the building again. He's like, I did it before, you guys. Give me a moment. I've been watching YouTube lockpicking videos. Uh, you know, I like to recycle jewelry or whatever it is he does. Okay, so he gets the building open again, and they get in there. Kenny, what does Kenny do? He goes back across the street to act as lookout, falls asleep again. Um, but they have all these cool new tools. They're ready to go. And they're able to pry the boxes out of the way and get into the vault. Oh, wow. They move that whole wall. Okay. Good on them. Yeah. Um, they originally wanted to spend three days in mm. the vault. You know, over the weekend. Like someone else I know that weekend. <laughs> exactly. Roll back the rock. Let Roll us out. Roll back the rock. <laughs> There were 996 safe deposit boxes in that vault. Hmm. And they thought, okay, well, we're going to spend three days in here. We're, let's just take them all. But now they have one night. And so they figure, okay, let's get like 73 of them. I don't know how the, they came up okay. with that number. I think they probably just looked at a section of the wall and were like, these. Okay. Um, maybe the biggest boxes they could find. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. That's how I would do it. But I'm not them, and I don't have a diminutive name to use. So they finish up on Monday morning super early. They wheel everything out of the building, tools, the loot, everything in large garbage cans. Hmm, okay. It's convenient, you know. So, yeah, it's smart. People uh, aren't going to look twice as I'm pushing garbage. Exactly. And and they see, like, these, you know, older gentlemen in, like, uh, work clothes, and they're like, oh, these yeah. poor guys. They fit the scene. Yeah. yeah. They, they've never got Working a chance Working on the to long weekend. Oh, yeah. poor mates. <laughs> so... Kenny wakes up, decides to drive them all <laughs> home in the white van. Give him some orange juice. Come on, Kenny. Now, Kenny, by the way, he doesn't want to drive alone on this one. And he's there with an associate of his named Bill, William Billy the Fish Lincoln. <laughs> Billy the Fish. You know there's a great story behind well, that nickname. Yeah. You know what a great story is? This huh. is like, you're going to, it'll blow your mind why they call him Billy the Fish. Because huh. he hangs out at fish markets on Friday. So when I say great story, maybe it's I should like, take that back. It's There's the a story. It's the dumbest nickname. <laughs> Billy the Fish because he hangs fish. out at fish markets. Right? <laughs> okay. So Billy the Fish is also the brother of Kenny's girlfriend slash life partner. Ah, so he's like family. So he kind of has to get the family involved. He's like, well, you know what you got going on there, Kenny? Yeah. And he's like, oh, man, Billy, you stink. All right. You know, because don't forget, what are we, Monday now? He's He's been sitting at the fish market. Um, Billy the Fish, though, is a career criminal. He's not just oh, okay. a guy That's who good. frequents fish markets. Um, but he also, like the rest of the gang, has some medical ailments. <laughs> oh, no. Um, they include incontinence, and he also has had a recent double hip replacement. This is your escape team. Okay. Yeah, All yeah. Right. So and they're so, driving. And, and he's riding with Kenny, who's falling asleep. He's riding with the king. <laughs> right. So I hope they make it. They, they, they all go to their respective places. They divide up the loot. Okay. And... Um, even the ones who bailed out on the second attempt, mm -hmm. the governor, governor Carl, mm -hmm. they get they get their share because they, you know, they did some heavy lifting. They just didn't finish it out. And if you don't pay them, they'll flip on you. Exactly. Or worse. And so April 7th, Tuesday morning, everyone's finally coming back to work. They're like, oh, how was your weekend? It was so good. And then they're like, zoinks, they walk into the vault. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's just chaos in the vault they like they i think they probably went incontinent themselves <laughs> when they saw what it i happened. just incontinent myself <laughs> i was continent and <laughs> i am no I'm longer continent. Now I'm incontinent so they call the cops obviously mm -hmm. and the question is will these guys get away with it they, i'm gonna go with know, no well it's unlikely <laughs> that they'll get away with it if we're talking about it so that that's your big that was my spoiler. first clue i know colombo over here i put this together well let's stop for a moment let's revel in the gray panther power of this gang right on and when we come back i'm going to fill you in on the aftermath of this ridiculous caper It's almost here. The NYX anniversary sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. 
Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible Uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing. Right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now we're talking about 73 empty safe deposit boxes. Oh, yeah, we are. That is a lot of angry jewelers. 
Yes, it is. Well, the thing is, these guys, too, the jewelers aren't really eager to detail what was in the boxes. No, because they're jewelers and they're inherently kind of hinky. Yeah. So, like, and the thing is, like, they could be avoiding, like, one of of three things, right? Or three of three. Who knows? They're avoiding the revenuers. They're avoiding paying taxes. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're avoiding the cops. Mm-hmm. Because some of it so might maybe hot. be hot. Yeah. And they're avoiding spouses. Oh, yeah. Because if anything like, happens, they want to be able to have well, their own Well, and some of them have like some stuff that maybe they're giving to girlfriends, side, boyfriends, yeah, whatever. Exactly. Side pieces. Side pieces. Uh-huh. And then also, you just wanted, you don't want your partner necessarily, if you are a dirty jeweler, to know how dirty. And right. So if they do right. ever like roll on you, they can't just go and get it all. You got to hide some stuff or if, if you're dirty. If, if, instead of thinking they'll roll on you, if they, if they want to protect their spouse. To, from knowing too much, maybe they're not so suspicious. Oh, you're so, so sweet <laughs> criminal. Like, no, I like that. That's really nice. I would have never thought they wanted to, like, no, please give me plausible deniability, darling. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's how I think these jewelers are. I like that. No, I like that about so, them. But they have, like, okay, at first the, 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 like, initial estimate thrown out there was, like, 300 million pounds worth of stuff. Whoa. Right. That's a lot. Pounds that's sterling. huge. Not weight-wise. Yeah. 300 million. I'd be, like, one of the biggest British... Yeah, but that was wildly exaggerated. Ah. And when they had to actually go through and do the general tally, it was still 14 million pounds. That's a that's big a lot. miscalculation. That's a lot of 300 yeah. to 14. <laughs> yeah, well, because I'm sure that some of the pe- some of the jewelers must have been like, I had uh-huh. and then 94 tiaras in there. Yeah, like <laughs> can you prove it up? Do you have that? No. No, no, it's, you have to trust me. It was there. Exactly. I've got pictures. So uh, it comes out to about 14 million pounds in cash, jewelry, gold, valuables. Now, what do you think? I, I don't know what the valuables were, but what were they? Candelabras? What do they got up in there that would be oh, valuable? I don't know. Gold-crusted shoehorns? Yes. You know, for slipping on your, your shoes? Your satin slippers? <laughs> I honestly don't know what they Yeah, mean. I don't know. Like, what but they... when they say valuables, I'm thinking, like, what do they mean? Silver music stands? I get music boxes music that they bo- all get really melancholy boxes. and wistful when they open mm-hmm. it up and they stare off into space and they, what they old... remember Amanda. Well, yeah, what do old British people want to play? Like, what are their jams? Like, what would they play? Do you remember any of, like, the pub songs that they would be, like, bumping? It's like, oh, this reminds me of 1938. What I can remember when I, when I lived in Scotland, um, I would hear... People singing a lot on uh-huh. their way home from the people sang in pubs yeah. and stuff. Like if nine to five comes on the jukebox, the Dolly, Dolly Parton, people lose it and all sing along. <laughs> I love it's that. It's the coolest. <laughs> but I'll tell you what I think that the biggest hit that I ever heard, hmm. um, "Don't Look Back in Anger" by Oasis. Oh my god! <laughs> I've heard that drunkenly caterwauled so many times. I bet I can hear, I can hear the Krausers now. Mm-hmm. So they they have music boxes that play "Don't Look Back, Back in Anger," anger. <laughs> gold encrusted. They've like repurposed Fabergé eggs that when you open it, it, it plays. Don't look but back it plays anger. like it has like a little chip that plays the MIDI version of it. Yeah, that's that's basically what the valuables yeah, are. Yeah, see, now personally, I would have a Fabergé egg that played "Wonderwall," but that's just me. It's just you. This is there's a little song called "Wonderwall." Uh, the cops, of course, getting back to the heist. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, uh, the cops, of course, think it's a total inside job. Okay. Does it make sense? No, you know, completely. Who would know all these Dirty things? Dirty jewelers. I'm telling you, the cops know. The cops know. The public, really excited about this. It's so <laughs> great. And the public is like, you know what? International crime caper. Solved. Done. done. International. And there were suggestions that it was work of the Balkans-based Pink Panther gang. Oh, they are awesome. Right. So close. It was the Grey Panthers. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, off, yeah. off by only one color. God bless. Uh, the tabloids were kind of stoking the idea that there was an Ocean's Eleven scenario. Mm, I like that. Um, they figured that they most certainly used a contortionist at some point. <laughs> Just working a contortionist. Yeah. They're like, it's got to be. One of them has to be a contortionist. I've seen how, the mo- how this plays out in the movies. They're very they need agile. a contortionist. They need an American movie star who is always eating. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they need possibly a bad British actor. Yes, all all of them. They they. I'm sure they had like composites drawn out. It was just the cast. Just it was just the like movie poster for like, Ocean's Eleven. Uh, isn't that just Scott Con? And they 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 arrested Scott Con at one point, <laughs> and he's like, I I've been in LA this whole time. Um, there were a lot of people who thought it was like not the Pink Panther gang, but like an elite elite crack team of thieves mm. from either Eastern Europe or Israel. Yes, you hear about this often. They often throw that out there, like, oh, some some oligarch got robbed. It yeah, must be Eastern it European must be. exactly crack thieves. Exactly, that was a good theory. Well, so the 
world-famous London Metropolitan Police Flying Squad was called in. <laughs> I'm sorry, that just always sounds like a Monty Python bit. Right? Oh, it's the Flying Squad. Well, they, you know, they handle all the organized crime stuff, mm-hmm. the big robberies. You know, we're going to meet them a lot in this podcast. Yeah, we probably will. And yeah. the Flying is, is because they're the, the catch-all. They go everywhere, right? Yeah, they go everywhere, but also it's they like because they had cars, I think, before other units. So they oh, could, like okay. fly down the street running over pedestrians. Okay. To so they're not like back. flying nuns, though. They also had the power of flight themselves. Yes, as God granted them. Um, do you remember those two CCTV cameras that Basil missed? How could I forget them? Yeah. On those were a footage of a Mercedes E200 driving okay. off. It was uh-huh. a white Mercedes with a black roof and like alloy rims. Ooh. Flashy, flashy number. And probably easy to pick out. Whose car do you think that was? Uh, governor's girlfriend? Kenny. Kenny, oh, Kenny. Kenny. Um, brought because, his own because car. Because Kenny. <laughs> he just brought his own brought car. Brought his own car and parked Dude, you're it. you're a thief. Steal a car, bro. He, like, brought his car and parked it there. And then they did their heist. And he drove everyone home in the van. And then he must have, like, ditched the van and then caught a taxi. I'm like, yeah, just drop me over by, the, by that Mercedes. And he's, like, drifting off in the back of the cab. Um, you know, he drove there and, and back in his own car. Yeah. Because he's Kenny. Oh, Kenny. Bless. Um, there's footage not only of the Mercedes. There's footage of Basil walking away from the scene with mm-hmm. a large bag over his shoulder. <laughs> like a sack, like an old yeah. robber? Yeah, like I don't he's... know if it had a huge dollar sign or like a pound sign on it. Was he wearing stripes and a burglar mask? Yeah, he had the burglar mask on and he was tiptoeing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and snickering to himself. <laughs> that was on the CCTV footage. So the cops were like, all right, it's these guys. And they tail them for days. Um, they gather enough, like, so that they can bug the Mercedes. They bug another car. They're tailing these guys. They know exactly where they are. They film them going about their business, you know, popping out for pints, mm-hmm. strolls in the park, mm-hmm. going to Sainsbury's and buying custard, <laughs> sundries. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> going to Greg's the Baker. Um, the, they're talking the entire time going to tesco for more batteries for their hearing aids exactly exactly every little counts so they're talking the whole time they won't shut up about this Mm -hmm. uh they're bragging about how they did it to like anyone who will listen well they're old they got to get you know the victory lap on now they're like this is if i did it this (laughs) is it they're talking about what they took How they're going to move this stuff? Who's going to fence? Like, oh man, how what are they going to spend their money on? One guy's like, I'm going to put it towards my pension. Um, basically, they just keep repeatedly incriminating themselves. Everyone they know, everyone. Here is my absolute favorite part. Okay, so they're speaking in like a thick East Ender London dialect, like their accent. Okay, and they're using Cockney rhyming slang. Are you familiar with Cockney rhyming slang? Cockney rhyming slang. slang. It is absolutely the best. And like, I think Guy Ritchie does a pretty good job of getting it to the American audience, how how fun and how common yeah. it is. Like, basically, they're going out of their way to say more in order to convey less. Yeah. <laughs> so they're rhyming two-word phrases, combinations, or whatever to use, you know, stand in for something mundane. Mm-hmm. Like, an example would be if I say apples and pears, I mean stairs. Because it rhymes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. instead of saying... I walked up the stairs. I walked up the apples and pears. Like, what What are you? Yeah. Um, or if you say Barney Rubble, it means trouble. Trouble. I know that one. Yeah. Okay. Let me give you a couple of these. You tell me if you know what they mean. Okay. Bees and honey. I'm going with money. Yes. Lady Godiva. Oh, Godiva. I don't know. It rhymes with Godiva. Got to think in an accent. Lady Godiva. Riva, Miva, I can't think of it. Fiva. Oh, a fiver. Fiva. Yeah, a fiver. I forget that. Irish pig. A cop. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Rhyming slang. Rhyming, Rhyming slang. slang. Irish pig. Um, a jig. A wig. A wig. Like a Chucky Fright wig. Mm. Um, Sweeney Todd. Um, a hot bod. <laughs> Am I close? That's like so 80s. When anyone says like hot bod, I'm imagining like a lady in like a, one of those bathing suits from the 80s where the leg the leg hole goes way, way up, up yeah and it's like string top yeah. sides and then it's like it's all sort of like yeah. lycra like shimmery mm-hmm. hot bod I've been watching old Magnum P.I.s lately and <laughs> yes. I, I have to say that some of those outfit combinations that women would wear in the 80s was like the neon or the neoprene like it's both the fabric and the color yeah. and then I'm like that's wild and then all of a sudden T.C. comes 
comes by and he's got on pants so tight you would think he was pimping. Oh, was like, Damn. and they're short. Yeah, the he's shorts to be able- were wicked short, oh, right? Completely. Magnum PI is like, like his he pockets was are always filling out the bottom. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he, had, he had some plums. And, and I, I didn't realize, like, you know, watching them now is like a lot of my fashion choices came from this show. The short shorts. And I'm really questioning them. <laughs> I like how I'm convinced you wear short shorts, and yeah, I, you don't time. even own short shorts. I, I own one pair of shorts. <laughs> and they aren't short shorts. No. Well, you know, maybe we'll someone will it. break in and cut cut your pants. Yeah. We'll find out. You tell me. <laughs> anyway, Sweeney Todd does Sweeney not Todd. mean hot bod. Okay, fair enough. It means flying squad. Oh, right. Right? I, I could have probably... Going to get no, pinched by the Sweeney Todd. So these dinglings... One of them wore an Irish pig to lift some uh, tomfoolery. Uh, uh, schoolery. Jewelry. There you go. And he got pinched by the Sweeney Todd. Flying squad. Hot bods. So good. The hot bod <laughs> flying squad. <laughs> the cops had to translate the transcripts. Oh, my God. That was from, This is what I loved. So they're all talking in this, like, you know, gobbledygook. And... Then they have to write out the transcripts because you can't just go to court and be like, well, they, they said they, you know, we're going to wear an Irish pig. No. So it all is written out and it took them, a, it was a really difficult task to bring it from Cockney into the Queen's English. Uh-huh. And there are people involved, like there's a lawyer involved who compared it to work done by Shakespearean scholars. <laughs> Like it was a time investment. You had to have specialized knowledge. You had to consult Chaucer. In the middle of all this rhyming slang, they mentioned someone named Basil. And they're just like, What does that rhyme with? What is that? Yeah. And Basil, they're like, Or is this a Basil, reference Basil. to Basil Towers from hmm. Faulty Towers? Or Dazzle from Gem and the Holograms? Was Gem in on this? Hmm. Is all of this animated and not real anyway? <laughs> they're really questioning so their own questions. existence yes. at this point. So, a month and a half after, you know, all of this, mm-hmm. May 2016, 2015, the police raid the homes and the known locations of the gang. Ooh. And, you know, they then also couldn't keep their traps shut and immediately start talking. <laughs> About under being under police investigation? Yeah. The cops haul them in. They're like, all right, I'll tell you everything. What do you want to know? So Danny, Kenny, and Terry, they're caught at Terry's daughter's house. They're just, you know, hanging out around a smelter in the dining room. Mm. Melting down millions of dollars worth of precious metals. In a dining room? Yeah. Do you know they what have kind it like on the table. Smoking chemicals you're releasing sure, from a smelter? Sure. But you know, you're just chilling, melting down, melting down gold. You're gonna have to repaint those walls. Yeah. <laughs> the governor is busted at home. He wasn't there. Okay. Um, they found lots of diamond-related incriminating items, though, at the governor's place. A diamond tester. What's that? Like a person from uh, Calabasas, California? There's a little guy like, in a cage that they make him. No, it's a, like, I don't know. You just test it. Like testing. Oh, it's got to be the hardness scale. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a diamond gauge. So you can get like the size of it, mm-hmm. I suppose. I don't, I know nothing about diamonds. Diamond magazines. Oh, yes, of course. Like who doesn't read? Diamond Fancy, the yes. sister publication of Cat Fancy. Carbonite now. <laughs> and then a book on diamond crime, like the underworld, <laughs> the underworld of the diamond business. <laughs> diamond crime but book. But here's another one of my favorite details. <laughs> okay. At Danny's house. Oh, hey, Danny. Danny, mm-hmm. they find a book that's called Forensics for Dummies, <laughs> which I now I really need a copy of Forensics for Dummies. I'm just going to like leave laying around, um, lying around, I should say. Plus, they found face masks, a drill, and cash, but mainly it's the Forensics for Dummies. At I Danny's. love that there is a book called Forensics for Dummies. Yeah. Like, is incredible. that for dummy cops or for people who are like Danny trying to get over? Yeah. Is it, that's like, who true. Who is the intended is it, audience for this? Is it like for the slow criminal justice students yeah. or is it, <laughs> or why not both? Why not both? Why not both? So, in 2015, September 2015, the four original gangsters, um, they admit to the charge of conspiracy to burgle. Okay. Which is like, doesn't seem like a big charge for what they've done. Hmm. But, you know. I don't know what it, what it carries. I don't know either. So Danny says he wants to come clean. He's got his forensics for dummies. He's like, look, I just got to be honest. I'm going to tell you where I stashed the loot. Does he call it a boot? The booty. <laughs> The the give a hoot, the loot. <laughs> he takes him to Edmondson Cemetery, mm-hmm. and he's hidden like his little bag of goodies under a gravestone of a family member. Wow, you know, thinking like they'll never. He so he shows them, and he takes the cops. He's like, "All right, here's my here's my cut of it." And the cops though, 
they had a question like, why? So you led us to this and you say this is everything you got? Because like, did you know that a couple days ago we found a huge bag of similar loot about 65 feet away from where we're standing now? So they had already tagged him going to this cemetery before. And they're like, well, let's check it out. And they find like the big bag with a dollar sign on it. Like, Can you imagine his face when they told him that? Right. He's like, uh, oh, my uh, God, uh, they found the rest of it. So he's like, I don't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever, Danny. Um, <laughs> November 2015, the cops finally identify Basil, Michael Seed. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, March 2016, Danny... Kenny, Teddy, each sentenced to seven years. The governor, Brian Reeder, Mm -hmm. he is like, he's had two strokes. He's too sick to go to the hearing. He gets six years, three months. So they really didn't shave much off for leaving the scene and also for being ill. Um, In 2018, two years later, Teddy dies in prison at the age of 69. Mm. Teddy or Terry? Terry. Okay. Teddy Perkins is the Atlanta creepy character. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, it keeps seeping into my yeah. consciousness. Terry. Terry. There's too many, too many diminutive I'm names. I'm telling you, Teddy, Terry, Kenny, Kenny, Bobby, Billy, Billy Danny, Rob, Ronnie, Joey, Bobby, Ricky, Bobby, Mike. Ricky. The governor, he's released early, mm-hmm. obviously, because of his poor health, and he only served half of his term. So three years and a couple months. Yeah, and change, as they say. Mm-hmm. March 2018, so a couple months later... The police finally find Basil's apartment, and they raid it, and they find just under about 200000 American dollars worth. The rest is just in all fezes. And it's, just got, it's like fezes, <laughs> dressing gowns. Uh, they find like two hundred k gold, gems, jewelry from the robbery okay. in his flat. Um, they also, he has a bedroom workbench where he'd been melting down gold. They're all inhaling these fumes. This isn't crazy. But they don't care. Piecing out the jewelry. Um, he said he had a jewelry business, but there was no evidence of that. <laughs> I have a jewelry business. How so, sir? I'm well, gonna right, sell I'm, this stuff. This is my business. <laughs> How's Danny Jones doing? Well, August 2018, he's sentenced to an additional six and a half years because he hadn't paid anything back yet. Six million pounds. So wait, he, he just kept it and said, I'll do the time? He's like, I'll get it to you later. And then they were like, where is it? Okay, you have to go back in. Take another six. Kenny Collins, same thing. He doesn't pay it. Seven million pounds that he stole, so he gets another six and a half. So would they get released after six years and have to go back and do another yeah. six? Yeah. Wow. Well, no, it wasn't six full years after that, but it's, you know, it's like half their time. Yeah, but they, they get it tacked on. Yeah. And so uh Basil, he gets convicted of conspiracy to burgle uh and money laundering. Ten years for Basil. Why does Basil get the I hard... don't know. God only knows. Anti-Fez hate. The governor didn't pay his money back either, but they didn't give him more time because his health was so bad. And they allowed him to stay at home in the shabby chic mansion mm. instead of going back to finish his time. Most of this loot has never been recovered. Good on you, mates. Only okay, so remember it was like little it was over a little over 13 million pounds. Mm-hmm. Only four and a half million pounds has been accounted for. Nice. Yeah, they got away with that, but not a hundred percent. Well, they still got away with it. So what's your ridiculous takeaway here? <sighs> My ridiculous takeaway is Basil should have been running the job. Yeah, 100%. It seems like he really had it all together. The governor is a quitter. Kenny was a terrible choice. But Basil, I trust a man who sleeps in a fez. Yeah, right? So. Um, I agree. And my my takeaway, keep your mouth shut. (laughs) Do a dime. Keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. (laughs) All right, so... Uh, that that's all I have for you today. That was a good one. I Thank like that. You. I like the old man crime gang. Yeah, it's good. It's good yeah, stuff. Great Panthers. Fun times. Fight on. Great Panthers. You can find us online at Ridiculous Crime on both Twitter and Instagram. And if you have a tip for us about one that you'd like for us to discuss, uh, or if you want to tell us about something bad you've done in your life that's ridiculous, you can email us at ridiculouscrime at gmail.com. I'm Zarin Burnett. And I'm Elizabeth Dutton. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zarin Burnett. Produced and edited by Diamond Dave Couston. Research is by Marissa Neverfrown Brown. The theme song is by Thomas Lemmy C. Lee and Travis Silly Button Dutton. Executive producers are Ben Likely Stolen Bolin and Noel Goosedown Brown. 
Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. He was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now, this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.